Rachel Coleman was a music writer and performer. She had a baby, but that didn't stop her from touring and performing. She just took her baby along with the band. And the baby, Leah, traveled right along with her mom, dad, and the rest of the band. Everyone was surprised at how easily Leah could sleep through all that noise. Until later, a year later, Rachel discovered that her daughter was profoundly deaf. Rachel shifted her focus and began to learn and to teach sign language to her daughter. In just a few short months, her daughter Leah not only caught up to her chronological age in language, but actually surpassed it. She was using more vocabulary and making better sentence structure than other children her own age. Rachel really wanted to create inclusive opportunities for her daughter so that she could make it easy for others to interact, understand, and to speak with her. So Rachel began to create a series of really entertaining videos that taught hearing children how to sign words and understand sign language. When her first volume of Signing Time came out, it spread like wildfire. It turned her small circle of influence into a large community of parents, educators, and health professionals interested in incorporating sign language with their own children and students and patients. Signing Time aired on public television in 2005 and has since evolved into a massive production with an unprecedented worldwide reach. And to think, it all started with someone with a need and a drive to learn. Hey, I'm Michelle Hayes, special education teacher and parent of a child with multiple special needs. I'm here to share stories, strategies, inspiration, and hope to parents and caregivers of individuals with disabilities. Because when life requires us not to be normal, it becomes our opportunity to turn into something extraordinary. Welcome to the journey. If the story of Rachel and her production interests you, you can find the links to her webpage in the show notes for this episode. Now let's take a quick gauge. How informed and knowledgeable do you feel about your particular situation? Do you feel like you have so much to learn? Or do you feel like you have complete mastery of it? Maybe you're somewhere in the middle, knowing some stuff and needing to learn other things. But have you stopped to wonder what scope your influence can have on your child and that of the world? I believe you can never stop learning and that where you are right now is a great spot to either start or continue. But where do we start? There is so much we need to learn and figure out. I'm here to help you hone in and focus on the things that are most important to learn. Here are some basic must-knows. You've got to know, what is your core value? What is your family's core values? What do you guys stand for? What is something that is unshakable, that you believe that you will stand for no matter what? 
You've got to know this because when things get hard and when trials come your way, you've got to plant your feet firmly on that value and know that you will not be shaken no matter what. You will stand your ground and you will remain true to yourself and to your family values. Also, do you know where you are headed? Do you have any idea of your vision for your future, for your child's future? If not, you've got to sit down and make a focus plan for what you want your life to be like. What should your life be like five years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now? What legacy do you want to leave behind? What values do you want to instill in your children? What do you want for your child? What do you want for your spouse? What do you want for your family? Where are you headed? Now there's some stuff you are going to have to learn about that is important and it's crucial and there's just no going around it. You're going to have to face it. So you will have to learn and understand your child's diagnosis, what it is, the underlying factors, things that trigger specific symptoms, everything having to do with your child's diagnosis. You've got to become familiar. So don't shy away from difficult vocabulary. Go ahead and research what words mean and don't shy away from the process of understanding understanding the whole complexity of the situation that your child is facing. Get familiar, get comfortable. It might take a lot of time, but that's okay. You are not expected to be an expert. You are expected though to be involved. So get to know your child's diagnosis. Another thing that is very important that you should understand is your child's IEP progress. Now, IEP stands for Individual Education Plan, which is what we implement in the United States when we put our children in special education. So get familiar with the whole process. Get familiar with your child's school diagnosis. What is the school labeling him or her with? What are the areas that they are targeting? What is the goals that they are working with? What are the services? What are the accommodations? Who is going to be working with your child? What kind of uh, therapies will be provided? And how many minutes and hours will be spent in each specific class? There is so much to learn about and the IEP process gets renewed every year. On top of that, every three years, your child gets reevaluated so things get reconsidered and full reevaluations are very important so further on in this podcast i promise you i am going to create a season that contains all that information on the iep process another thing that is very important that you understand is your child's medical process who is your child's medical team? How many doctors does your child have? How many specialists? Who are the nurses and the assistants? Does your child have a dietitian? Who is your insurance provider and how do they work? And what about the pharmacies and how do they provide what your child needs to have? Everything that has to do with your child's medical process, get familiar with it because you are going to be your child's manager. So you've got to know that medical process. Also get familiar with people in your world. Who can you count on for support? It does take a village and not often do we find people that are ready to jump in and help. But if you do have that support anywhere, start getting familiar with who these people are, how you can reach out to them and what you can do so that you can create your own community of support. Another thing you've got to learn about is yourself. What is your learning style? 
I myself learn by doing. So I'll just jump in and start doing and learning as I go, which means that I make a ton of mistakes and it drives my husband crazy because his learning style is analytic. He's the type of guy that will read every single rule in Monopoly before he can even play. And we drive each other crazy sometimes, which can be a really good balance. But I know for me, my learning style is by doing. My husband's learning style is analytical. Maybe you are someone who likes to read and gain information from reading or watching videos or tutorials. Or maybe you are someone that learns through socialization and friendships. What is your learning style? Get familiar with that because you've got to embrace the way that you learn. If in this process you are interested in helping others, if you are, figure out how you want to help others. Do you want to maybe create YouTube video series or maybe you're not as comfortable as being public, but maybe you just want to create a small circle of friendships where you can call each other up, send each other text messages, or maybe you just want to write and put things down on paper for someone else to read and feel encouraged. If you want to help others, figure out how and who you want to help. Once you start acquiring all this information and all of this knowledge, you're going to end up with a ton of stuff. It's going to be a lot and it might feel like an avalanche of papers and files and documents. So I recommend that you organize your content as much as you can. Group similar information into categories. A lot of people like to organize their stuff into files in a cabinet so that they can leaf through and have like a big category. For example, say you've got your big category called medical and within that category you can have subfolders and it could be maybe insurance and geneticist and cardiologist and dietitian and Medicaid and whatever it is that is within medical. And then you could have another big category called school and that could be IEP reports and progress reports and report cards and everything I'm saying as the word report. But all the different categories that have to do with school could be within that same folder. Now, personally, I like to go through my information in a binder. So I have a whole bunch of binders that I keep. So I'll have my daughter's um, medical insurance binder. And in there, I have all of her different insurance claims for uh, things that we have to pay for or submit claims for. And then she has another binder for her specific metabolic condition called PKU. And within that binder, I'll have her dietary information and her nutritionist information and recipes and such. And then I have her education notebook. And then I'll have within that a tab for all of her progress reports, a tab for her diagnoses, a tab for the people who are working with her and the contact information and all of that. It doesn't matter how you organize it, but I just really recommend that you end up grouping similar categories and then within each category, find your subcategories and keep it a little bit separate so that you don't get overwhelmed whenever you need to find a specific document or if you need to recall specific information. That way you can just kind of narrow in and go quicker that way. Talking about learning. I want to ask you something. Is there something that you are really passionate about that you wish you could become an expert in, but you think there's just no way I'm never going to be an expert in that, maybe in another lifetime? I want to challenge you that this is wrong. 
I believe that anybody can be an expert in anything if they just walk it out and stay committed. A long time ago, someone told me about this concept called the fat files. Um, They said, pick one to three subjects that you would love to be an expert in and have a long-term vision. Like between here and 10 years from now, what would be a topic that you would love to know expertly about? In my case, I wanted to know all about neuroplasticity and the brain's ability to rewire and heal itself. I wanted to understand personal stories from other people. I wanted to read books. I wanted to know, you know, the neurology basics. I wanted to know everything about neuroplasticity. So I started collecting information into my fat file. Um, any kind of pamphlet, any kind of literature I would put away. If it was a physical piece of paper, I would put it all together in that file. If it was on my computer and it was a digital thing, I would also save that. I also became a listener of podcasts for neurology. I became a reader and I have my book collections. I just started accumulating as much information as I could about the subject that I was super interested about. Now, Clearly, I want to know about neuroplasticity because my daughter has suffered brain damages and I want to be able to recover some of those skills and some of those things that she damaged when she was an infant. And I also want to be able to use the information I learned and be able to apply it with other children. And I'm fortunate enough to be able to work with other kids where I can actually test things out. And it's just a beautiful thing to be able to learn and to practice simultaneously, which is something you can do with your child. So think about what are one to three things that within five to 10 years from now, you would love to be an expert in. Become a collector of those things. Make your own fat files. Get really focused and learn everything you can. Find all sorts of different sources of information to get more knowledge about the thing that you love. And five years from now, 10 years from now, you can actually talk with authority about the subject that you wish you knew more about today. Become a student of the topic that you are passionate about. Now, sources to get your information from, of course, are books. And you can do research on Amazon. You can type your keywords and things will pop up. Podcasts work the same way. You can type keywords and start doing your search for things that you love and you want to learn about. There's also communities that you can join. You can join them in person. You can contact your city authorities, or you could just go on Facebook and do a search for that. Um, When you go see your doctor, you can also ask them about specific groups of people or where you can get information. The doctor always has literature available for you regarding your child's diagnosis. Request it, take it, stick that in your fat file. Look for blogs. Now, as you start collecting all the information on the things that you wanna learn about, Please be mindful of your sources. Start with the really reliable ones, the ones that you know are valid. And from there, you're gonna get more of a sense of what is legitimate and what is kind of a hoax or people just talking out of their hat. The more knowledge you gain, the more confident you will feel in your own discernment to know 
which information is reliable and which information is not. But I do want to recommend to you that you use a wide array of sources and not just one person to get your information from so that you know that it's not biased and that you can look for trends and that you can find cohesiveness in the topic that you are studying. There is wisdom in a multitude of sources. Be a note taker. When you find yourself in situations that are foreign, new, strange, like say you're at an IEP meeting or at a doctor appointment, take notes as they are speaking. You could take digital notes on your phone and keep them. You could, like I have, take your notebook and write paper notes. A lot of times, for example, the doctor would be talking to me and he would have a lot of things to say. And some doctors don't like to be interrupted or some doctors are in a big hurry and they don't like you to ramble. I would just be writing down everything they said and then whenever I had a question, I would make an asterisk or a star so that right before the doctor left, I could say, hey, just a couple questions. And then I could get to my questions real quick rather than maybe derailing the whole conversation. Um, and then I could write the answers to those questions in my own paper notes. Um, if the doctor gives you some literature, go ahead and circle and highlight the paperwork right directly onto the papers that he is giving you as you are getting your information. Or maybe when you are walking off or driving away, do a voice recording and do a voice memo on your phone so that you can keep that in kind of like a voice diary. Here's some things you can write about in your notes. Obviously, write questions for a follow-up. It's not always a good moment to interrupt and ask your question right away, but you don't want to forget the thing that you're wondering about. Especially when you're getting a lot of new information, it can be hard to retain your own question. So write your questions that you want to follow up on. Also write any new vocabulary that you need to look up. You are not going to be able to hold that in your head very long. You have a lot of things going on. Not only are you trying to gain a lot of new information, you're also watching your child, who can be kind of a handful, right? I know mine can. Write new ideas, new concepts to try. When I'm speaking with my daughter's dietitian, sometimes she brings up some new foods and I start to write those down with recipe ideas for her. Um, Write down important contacts, the person's name. I don't know if this happens to you, but a person will look me right in the eye, shake my hand, give me a big smile, and tell me their name. And within two seconds, I have forgotten that person's name. And then I'll let time get away, and I'll continue to talk to this person. And then it gets really awkward because I want to speak to this person, and I have to call this person by name, and I cannot remember that person's name. Jot their name down in your notes. That way you can can also, whenever you have to look for this person and talk to a receptionist, you can remember that person's name. It just saves you a lot of time. Write down that person's contact information too. What is that person's email? What is the person's phone number? Anything that gets you in touch with that person, write that down. Now to recap, I want to remind you that you are enough just as you are today. As you are learning, strive for progress not perfection, because what you do today becomes a part of who you are. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Journey. Today, we discussed how learning can improve your tomorrow. We talked about creating a vision for yourself and establishing long-term goals. 
we also discussed ways that you can organize your information as well as what is important to take note of. Join me next time when we will talk about getting back to life and enjoying every moment. Until then, enjoy your journey.